Hello and welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast. This podcast is ran by two ladies who play games, mumble profanities, and laugh way too often. Also, this podcast does cover topics of sensitive nature, and as such, listener discretion is advised. Hello, people of the uh, interwebs. This is Jen talking to you. We are Jen, back. Jen, the spider who lives in the interwebs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my name is Emily, who does not live in the in the interwebs, but will will witnesses them sometimes. <laughs> this is great. On start. occasion, you witness them. You know, every now and then. <laughs> yeah, just casually, every now and again. Oh boy. Uh, yes, we are together once again after our crazy last couple of weeks. Love that for us. Literally. Okay. I'm going to take you guys back to June, 2022. (laughs) (laughs) Emily and I, um, we're about to have a crazy month in July. So we're like, let's pre-record a couple of episodes, you know, get ourselves ahead. Somehow I managed to get them like all a week behind when we thought they were gonna go up so literally like i would be talking oh yeah it's canada day and like the episode would go up a week later and i genuinely don't know like we just were going crazy when we were recording and not realizing what the actual schedule was or what happened but somehow they were all like a week behind and then we got covid so we took a week off and then emily gave herself like 10 other illnesses so she had to take another week off and i did a solo episode and now we're finally back hopefully on a regular schedule again yeah uh and the funny thing is is that jen is almost underselling it uh with how bad it's been (laughs) like i i i genuinely have had the roughest couple of months of my life i thought things were bad before it literally only got worse um but yes uh also just uh for 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 your comment on scheduling i figured out what happened because i caught on to what was happening uh a couple weeks ago we missed a week oh my god we missed a week we missed we missed uploading on one week so that every other one was late a week shit (laughs) because i couldn't figure out either i was like hmm, this was very mysterious (laughs) (laughs) i was like editing them and i was like i don't know what the hell happened why are we behind a week it's so weird i know i thought it might have been like sorcery at one point and then i was like nope we're fine (laughs) it's all good um (sighs) but but that's been been a rough that one (laughs) like july rough one of the roughest months of the year, a hundred percent. I would say I of my life. Honestly, just had a terrible time. Oh <laughs> like... yeah, awful, so bad. Uh, to start with, the weather because we always talk about that. Uh, heat wave whole time. Neither of us live in an in an apartment with air conditioning. I thankfully have like one now that I can hook up to my window, but it's not like in house. So it was brutal. And then, uh, for myself anyways, so Jen and I, kind of like we posted on our media, both acquired COVID. But previous to that, I had been sick with a horrific respiratory illness for two weeks before that. I just got better. 
Then I got sick with COVID. And then before that is when I got a respiratory infection from being in Vegas. So then it's like, okay, I've been sick for like six to eight weeks. This is fucking rad. So then I get better again. And I'm like, wow, I have like not enjoyed the summer at all. I'm going to go spend the day outside doing fun outside things. And then I got a second degree sunburn on my whole friggin' body and couldn't walk for a week. I just was able to start walking again yesterday because my knees were so swollen and I couldn't even mend them and I was trying to drive and I couldn't drive anywhere. <laughs> this was so and bad. then she got salmonella poisoning and she did lose her hearing for a while there. So, um... Oh, fuck, yeah. I forgot about the losing my hearing thing too. This most... The COVID thing. I literally lost hearing in both of my ears where I could, like, just barely make out, like, English. Just... And, like, heavy bass music. That was it. And then the salmonella poisoning is not confirmed yet. But we are suspicious because I was cooking the other day and accidentally ate raw chicken. And then, and then, <laughs> literally, less than six hours later, I got a cold sore. And then, what was the other thing? There's been a, there's been a couple things that I've done to myself a recently. A sore throat. Oh, yeah. I woke up this morning with a sore throat. Oh, and then... Here's the other thing that I got from Stampede that I didn't tell you about. Horrific toenail infection. Oh, why? How? What? So it was hurting, but I was also sick with COVID. So everything was hurting. And I was like, this is just how it is now. And then once the COVID had passed and my hearing came back in one ear, I ended up having to go into the doctor so they could like drain my toe because I had an ingrown toenail that had, like, gotten to a point where, like, it was just unreachable. Oh, my God. So, that's on the list. What else? Uh... <laughs> oh, I cracked my tooth. I don't know if I told you this. I thought I had, like, some sort of, like, tooth infection or a cavity. Nope, it turns out that one of my old fillings actually uh, cracked my tooth. And now my tooth is broken. And I have to get reconstructive surgery on my tooth on, uh this next week that's new to me i did not know that (laughs) yeah it's been fun i can't eat anything on the left side of my mouth without searing pain like literally even soft foods it's a no oh so like are smoothies off the table then or because they're cold it's like ouchie it's like I can eat stuff on the right side of my mouth only. I try and avoid everything from the left side of my mouth because it hurts too much. Yeah. Aww. Makes drinking things very interesting when you can only have it on the right side of your face. <laughs> you just have to like lay on that side. Literally, even water is too much sometimes. Like, I'm having a rough week. Literally, what happened to us? Listeners, if you have like a mad theory on like how it is that we've acquired so much bad luck recently i would love to hear it because i won't lie i am suffering a lot like i said i think last month was the worst month of maybe my whole life <laughs> it was oh my i just it went by like like i don't know it's funny because i i took off the summer to do you know fun things and like kind of yeah. reset and I had a few, like, work things that I needed to get done. I genuinely did not work at all last month because I was just ill and in pain Mm -hmm. and just having a horrible time. And uh, there was, like, a couple moments of, like, fun in there, but, like, fleeting compared to the rest of the month. (laughs) Very brief. Brief 
fleeting, and in the end, might not have been worth it. <laughs> it, it is what it is. Uh, here we are. Uh, I'm hoping that August is better because if it's worse i think i will not survive because i barely survived july oh i'm gonna riot and then i'm probably gonna die (laughs) like i'm gonna (laughs) (laughs) if it's worse i'm just gonna lay down and be like it's fine you can take me i'm almost 30 anyway i already got one foot in the grave okay this this is literally like a conversation that i had recently because i was like honestly if i end up getting sick again like, how we've been sick the last month and how, like, shitty things have been going. I'm just going to pitch a tent in the emergency room at the hospital and be like, give it a couple days and I'll be in a bed. (laughs) (laughs) Just please admit me. I don't know what I have yet, but something's coming. Right? I'm like, I can can literally feel it in my bones that I will need morphine soon. So I'm just going to stay here. And then when it flares up, you'll know. You will know. (laughs) Just hook me up to an IV. We got to get some fluids going in here. <laughs> uh, dehydration. We got it all. <laughs> Set me up. <laughs> Please help me, sir. I have no idea what's happening. Right? Or uh, it was funny because in the midst of our illness, uh, because we ju- truly did feel like death. I was telling Jen about how um, I had been trying to work at the time. And I have, like, a little notebook that's, like, my work notes. And I usually put the, ti- like, the day and, like, the title of what I'm working on for the day, like, the project, on the sheet. And I open it up uh, when I was feeling better. And all it says at the top of the page is Emily's unofficial will. And there was only one thing on there. And it said, the clothes go to my sister, Abigail. And that's as far as I got. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, uh, when Emily told me that, I was like, that's so funny. Because at the height of our illness... I made a video uh, because my partner, because I got COVID, I gave him COVID and he was really sick and I was feeling like guilty and like sad and like I was going to die myself. So I was like, that's it. I've killed both of us. How did did it come to this? And so I made a video being like, I think this is the end. My partner won't go to the hospital, but I think if he does not, he will die. (laughs) <laughs> like literally crying and then at like the end I'm like also I'm watching Gilmore Girls <laughs> which like is so funny now but it was so not funny when it was happening <laughs> in the moment I was like this will be my final words they're gonna play this at my funeral oh yeah well I would <laughs> well no I wouldn't be able to because I would be it would be our funeral we <laughs> There would You'd be, be like, in the casket with me. <laughs> yeah, Abby would be the only person who recovered from the illness because it was the four of us who got sick and it would just be me, you, and John in the casket. <laughs> she would be reading the eulogy. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> sounds about right. So freaking bad. So uh, here's here's the uh, some advice for the listeners. Wear your friggin' sunscreen. Always. And your masks. And your masks. And stay away from children, just as a word of advice. This has nothing to do with us. Stay away from cowboy Halloween events. It's not worth it. I'm telling you, I went to Stampede this year, and I'll never go again. I never want to be that sick in my life. If I do, I'm just going to end it all. I might. I literally might. (laughs) Or it'll end it for me. That's what I was saying is like, if I get sick like that again, hospital on speed dial. I don't care what department, somebody's taking me. Hot doctor, get ready for me. I'm coming back. 
Oh, on the note of the hot doctor, if you do see him again, find his name so I can look him up on on LinkedIn. <laughs> well, for our listeners who don't know about hot doctor, I'll let me just tell you a quick little tale, and then I promise we'll get into the what you came <laughs> yeah, here for into the into the um, wheel of crime. Last summer in July, no less, because <laughs> July is just apparently the worst month of the year. Yeah. Um, I thought I was having a stroke. So I made my partner take me to the emergency room. Turns out, according to a very hot doctor, I was just having very severe severe migraines that were making half of my face go numb. That was fun. New development for me. (laughs) Then this July, like right at the beginning of the month, my partner was at work and he ended up like really fucking up his ankle. And so I took him to the emergency room. Guess who he gets? No other than hot doctor. Mr. So, um, doctor. we, we got a guy that we go see in Calgary who's a hot doctor. That's all I'm going to say. I won't tell you which hospital, but if you know, <laughs> you know, then you know, then you know, then you're in the know. The girls who get it, get it. And the girls who don't, don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, like I said, I've just been dying of curiosity at this whole point. Cause like now for a solid year, I've been hearing about hot doctor, but like, I just, I need, I need to put a f- name or not even a name. I don't need to know his name. I need a face for the image of hot doctor. I need the vibes, you know? It's true. It's true. Maybe I can find uh, my partner's a uh, little medical thing that he got from hot doctor. <laughs> medical I'll, document. I can look him up. <laughs> Okay, I am so into it, and uh, I it is it is funny for me. I am this is quite entertaining for myself. I won't lie. The peak so <laughs> far of my August since I've had such a shitty start so far. So like, yeah, it's true. I had a meeting that was scheduled for tomorrow at two p.m. and I just got told it's being moved to uh, eight a.m. and I'm. Like why? Why? Why do we have to? This is not the vibe for August. There are no you. thoughts that happen at eight in the morning for me other than coffee, 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 coffee. <laughs> Literally, girl, I can't meet at eight a.m. I have been waking up at eleven a.m. because my schedule is fucked because of COVID. Oh yeah. So like, I will not be alive at that time. But sure, you can meet with dead Jen. <laughs> See, uh, I was supposed to go to an allergy appointment tomorrow, but they had to reschedule me because uh, with my sunburn and everything, I was taking basically any medication that I could get my hands on to help with the pain. And apparently you're not allowed to take antihistamines before going to your allergy appointment. Shocking. Fun. 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 So, uh, that's fun too. I don't know. So basically, more of the story is, um... Pray for us. If you if we never upload again, you know what happened. Um. <laughs> send send flowers to our funeral, I guess. Our our group yeah, funeral. And if you come to the funeral, you'll see a really sweet video I made in the height of my COVID <laughs> infection. I'm literally gonna update my my unofficial will and just have the next line say, "Play it, J- Abby. Play Jen's video for our eulogy." <laughs> yes it, it, it will you know it'll cheer everyone up i hope oh yes it'll be very exciting uh but yes <laughs> with that let's spin our wheel of crime what's your favorite cryptid so like 
I feel like with us running this podcast, you probably have an idea of what a cryptid is. Uh, do you need me to describe or give like a general idea for that? Yeah, yeah. Run me through it. Run me through it. Okay, so cryptid is more of a like colloquial mythological creature, usually specific to a region. Um, so an example of a cryptid would be like Bigfoot, the Mothman, kind of stuff like that, where it's a little bit more recent. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I see. Um, my favorite one, I'm going to go with the Ogopogo. Oh, that's a good one. I like the Ogopogo too. For those who don't know, because our podcast is listened to by mostly Americans, I found, um, the Ogopogo is a sea monster that resides in a city called Kelowna, which is in the province of British Columbia, near Vancouver, I would say. And, um, it's basically, yeah, just a big old sea monster. They got lots of little Ogopogo statues around the area. And, uh, he just vibes at the bottom of, uh, of the lake, you know? Of a really nice lake, yeah. He's in wine country. So he's living his best life. Actually, that's a good point. Like, thinking about it now, if I, if I had to, like, be a cryptid, not that that was the question, I would want to be one in wine country. (laughs) (laughs) Emily is the Ogopogo. <laughs> She's Surprise. a menace to society Surprise. who lives in wine country. <laughs> I mean, both of those things are correct. So I don't, I don't hear any lies yet. Oh um, my God. We solved the mystery of the Ogopogo. You heard it here first on the Wheel of Crime podcast, everyone. Like breaking news. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Man. Okay. Well, I am going to make my favorite cryptid. The Mothman. But only because of everything I've ever read or seen about, like, the legend of the Mothman, it just, it's, it's weird every single time. Really? Do you know anything about the Mothman? I do not. Like, I've heard of him, but, like, I don't, I've never really dug that deep into it. Okay, so because uh, cryptids in general are usually, like, rural ones it means that there's a lot of different stories that usually tie into like what the actual mythos so to speak of any of these Mm -hmm. things are um another example would be like new jersey devil um the chupacabra stuff like that right um so the deal with the mothman is like i can't exactly remember which state it is but it's an american cryptid and uh basically what makes it's so interesting is that so many people say that like the mothman is literally a like j- like a man a, like a man-sized man but who looks like a moth and mm-hmm. all of the sightings are weird ones like i saw the mothman jump off of my roof i saw the mothman fly out of my chimney i saw the mothman <laughs> running children chase children down the street in the middle of the night like it's a bunch of stuff like that so i'm like He's busy. And then uh, <laughs> people who, like, debunk these types of things, right? Like, for example, um, people have decided that, like, the chupacabra, for example, which is supposed to be, like, a vampire goat, is actually more likely a dog with mange. And, like, a couple other things. They're, like, pretty sure that, like, the myth of the Mothman is just people saw a giant owl who was, like, just preying on, like, small animals in the area, and they just ran with it. They're like, I don't like it. It must be supernatural somehow. 
basically and and i and that's the part i like about it but apparently like the town where like the mothman comes from uh they have like a mothman festival every year like in memory <laughs> they gotta of capitalize Moth- on it exactly and then they have like a mothman statue which like it literally just looks like you know those greek statues with like the hunky men with like their dicks out and stuff yeah it basically looks like that except for no penis and a moth head i love that for them it's it's a thing (laughs) something to be known for oh yeah absolutely so i'll make him my favorite (laughs) just because like i say the more i've ever looked at it the weirder it gets and i'm like nice (laughs) good for them Good for them. Good for them. All right, let's do our next question. Okay, so what is your favorite road trip that you've done? Like, to drive somewhere, either to just check it out, or you're just driving somewhere because you have to go and you ended up liking the, like, um, experience of, of, like, what you saw on the road more, like... It's kind of a weird question, but, like, basically, in the sense of driving somewhere that you might not necessarily drive, which one has been your favorite? That's an interesting question. I feel like my, the favorite one I've done so far would have been summer 2019. My partner and I had moved back to, we used to live in BC, but we live, we moved back to Calgary, um, in 2018-ish and so that summer we decided we were gonna go check out like the place we used to live and like a couple other spots in BC like we went up to Kamloops and then we went over to Kelowna and then up to Asoyas and then across the border and then back down like kind of like the long way through oh like through and stuff and yeah yeah and I feel like that was one of my favorites it was just like a really fun trip and uh, we went to a couple places that uh, I had never been to I don't think either of us had ever been to... No, he'd been to Asoyas. I'd never been to Asoyas. Oh, okay. And we went to... Um, oh, what's that place in Washington called? No offense, Seattle? but it was a really shitty border town that borders Asoyas. And uh, we went there and <laughs> it was just an interesting experience. I think I know which one you're talking about because when Andrew and I first went to the States where we crossed the border was by Asoyos into a very strange small town with lots of prairie chickens running around for some reason. Yeah, we tried to go see the like their one tourist attraction, which was supposed to be like 10 miles up the road or something. So we go and uh, we hadn't planned on going into the states but we had brought our passports just in case we wanted to and Mm -hmm. so we were there and i was like ah fuck it let's just go or whatever and see this whatever it was i think it was like a haunted something Mm -hmm. and uh we go 10 miles up the road and we didn't have like cell phone plans because we just hadn't prepared to go into the states that day yeah and so we like just had our phones on airplane mode and we're kind of just like going for it without any real sense of direction and so we get 10 miles up the road where it's supposed to be and then there's like another sign that's like another 30 miles this way and then we went the 30 miles and it was like another 25 miles this way and i was like are we gonna get murdered? Like, is that what's <laughs> happening? Because it kind of looked like the area that they shot where the hills have eyes in, which is uh, about cannibals. Yeah, in the I mountains remember you who come me kill about you. This. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and my partner John was like, oh, it's like the hills have eyes. Because there was like this really shitty old truck like tailing us the whole time too. And I, I legitimately started having a panic attack and crying because I was like, oh my God, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. <laughs> and then he turned around and we went back and I was like, what an awful experience. That's so funny. I... I really wish I could remember the name of the town because if it's the same one I'm thinking of, this this sounds like some kind of BS Andrew would force me to go on. Let me look really quick. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Orville. It sounds familiar, but I don't know if it's just because I've seen a map before. Orville, Washington. Oh. I'll have to ask Andrew. He has a much better memory of the places we've gone than I do. I just remember shapes. <laughs> Of places and other random things. Sadly, the town of Orville, uh, I don't think, has ever recovered from the 2008 uh, recession. Mm. And the town is a little... Uh, Defunct? It's it's not in the best shape. It used to be, like, a really booming town, apparently. But, like, since 2008, they haven't, like, really financially recovered, which is pretty sad. Yeah. I've noticed um with just the driving, like, with how much driving I have done for work... Lots and lots and lots of small towns are like that where you drive through somewhere and you're like, this feels very 2004 or like, or, you know, like it's just stuck there or even like the 70s. We drove through a lot of like California small towns where like you would be looking at a storefront and I'm like, that has not been renovated for sure since 1972. It's been a while. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. But I don't know. It's interesting. I no offense to any of our American listeners, but small town America as a Canadian terrifies me. Oh, I'm I'm just scared of Americans personally. <laughs> I feel like small towns just like I don't know. There's just like something about like rural America, small town that feels unsettling. And it's probably because of all like the podcasts and horror movies I've listened to. But um, it is what it is. Yeah. See, for me, uh, I just in general, I'm scared of Americans. Um, Any conversation I've ever had in America to an American has rattled me just because it is so much different than how... Canadians speak to each other and like some of the social Mm -hmm. things very very different uh I did not climatize very well and then as for small towns I literally listened to a podcast called small town murder and that was like my like religious listening to a podcast as I drive for some fucking reason podcast that I have for years and now I'm just traumatized and I never stop there (laughs) I'm like I mean I listen to the same podcast because Emily yeah. recommended it to me. And uh, yeah, traumatizing. Very traumatizing. Yep, thanks, James Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Who will never listen to this podcast, most likely. Yeah, abso- absolutely not. Um, but no, my favorite road trip that I've done, uh, I wouldn't even be like a full circle one, just because like, with traveling for work, your full circle might just be like coming, like going out for the day and then coming back to your hotel at e- in the evening. But as far as, like, legging it, uh, like, in in legs, um, not with my legs. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I need <laughs> in to clarify that. Yeah, I ran there, obviously. Um, 
But I actually really, really, really liked the drive from Vancouver along, I think it's Highway 103, um, along the coast there down to Los Angeles. It was just really interesting being able to see like, um, like some of the things that people talk about a lot and how like regionally different each one of these states are. Like, you know, like Washington compared to Oregon, compared to California, like all these different things. And that for me was probably the most interesting part of the trip. And I saw a lot more than what I expected. That is a really pretty stretch of road, I will say. Oh, yeah. Like, again, small like town America. Like, the Pacific Northwest <laughs> has immaculate vibes. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. But no, uh, but speaking of small town America, I remember stopping in a city called Crescent City. Uh, freshly coming into California. And it was, like, literally two in the morning. And I have never ever that's not even true actually there's one other town i was in i'll, I'll get to it in a, in a minute but like you know when you are in a town or when you watch a movie where there is a couple that drives into a town and immediately all the locals are like you're not from around here are you <laughs> it was literally that situation like a police officer pulled over andrew because we had an alberta license plate like alberta canada for our listeners who are not from canada or alberta or Alberta, Canada, um, and basically interrogated him thinking it was a fake license plate. And I was just sitting in the passenger seat and I was like, uh, if you're working in the police department, I have some questions. <laughs> <laughs> Number he one. thought it was a fake license plate? He genuinely thought that our license plate was a fake one because he also at the time had a commercial license plate, which commercial license plate versus regular ones look different, right? You have like a L or a U followed by numbers rather than three letters, three numbers. Mm-hmm. And uh, he literally thought we were just like some random ass baloney people traveling through town at two in the morning, obviously to commit crimes with our fake license plate. Weird. That is so, so bizarre. fucking weird. And then, uh, so, you know, that cartoon with like the coyote and the roadrunner? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's literally just called Wile E. Coyote or something. I could be wrong. Um, We drove through a town, and I just remember thinking of that cartoon because the name of the town is something very specific to that cartoon. It's either Eureka or TNT. I can't No, uh, what's the brand of Anvil? You know the Anvil he's always dropping on the Roadrunner? Oh. Acme. Acme, A-C-M-E. We drove through a town called Acme. I don't remember where it was, but it was the same thing. We had to stop for gas. And there was literally a bunch of, like, hillbilly cowboys who gathered at the gas station. Like, they came out of their houses and off of the street and were staring at us until we got our asses back in the truck and took off. That's a frightening experience. And when we were in Nevada, I... So... For our listeners, Jen and I are the kind of friends where, like, we won't see each other for, like, a few months or, like, a couple months. And then when we catch up, we forget all these interesting things that we tell each other. Um, (laughs) Did I ever tell you about the time (laughs) that Andrew and I, when we were driving through Nevada, like, after we left Las Vegas to come back to Canada, that we drove through a sundown town and it's apparently, like, a really well-known sundown town? What does that even mean? So a sundown town is, um... So it can mean two different things, depending on where you are. Uh, If you're in the Bible Belt, it means that if you are a person of color and you stay there after sundown, uh, basically the locals have, like, 
a deal with themselves and the local police departments that if you are of a person of color and the sun goes down and you are in one of these towns and you get shot, you won't be able to get help from the police or anybody. They basically condone that behavior. Like the fucking purge? Yeah, like hunt you down. And so, uh, out, this is, that's more in the Bible Belt, but there are sundown towns outside of the Bible Belt. And in these places, it's if you are anybody who's not a local. Like, if they view you as potentially being a threat because they don't know who you are and you're not from the area and you don't have any family members and they figure that out and the sun goes down, same fucking thing. These people tried to hunt you down and kill you? Well, we weren't there after sundown. We were there, it was like 7 p.m. in like the late summer. So like not sunset, but definitely late evening. And then Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, I was listening to a podcast like a couple days later and it was talking about a list of sundown towns that I guess are like very well known to be sundown towns. And I was like, we were literally there like two days ago. Thankfully, we didn't have to stop for anything because I guess that's like one of the things is like you never even stop in those places because you don't know what's going to happen to you. Oh my god. Right? Basically, the rule is you just keep driving and you don't even look back. They should put like a fucking warning on the town sign. Ye outsiders who enter will be murdered. Well, Andrew would still drive through. He'd be like, this this shaves off like two hours. Hell yeah, I'm going to go through there. And I'm like... No. <laughs> Stop. They've got nails on the road to make us fucking our tire go flat. That was in Montana and there was a roofing nail. <laughs> <laughs> I also got a roofing nail in our rental car in LA. So I. Mm-hmm. There you go. It happens often enough, I guess. But yeah, so that was fun. Um, yeah, we are definitely getting off track. Let's move to our third question. <laughs> okay so what tourism place in canada do you feel is overrated banff 100 percent. like it's beautiful like there's no denying that it's beautiful but like it's kind of like there's other really pretty places in canada and nearby that i'm like yeah, go there, but I wouldn't, I don't know. It's hard because, like, I'm sure there's places I go in other countries that are, they the locals feel the same way about, where they're mm-hmm. like, it's cool, but I wouldn't plan a whole trip there, and that's kind of how I feel about Banff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think, too, a big part of that is just has a lot to do with where we live because it is so easily accessible. Um, but literally when I wrote this question... Banff was my first thought. But then after giving it some thought, um, I changed my answer to... uh, Oh, shoot. What's the name of that place? Hang on. It's on the way to Banff. But, like, people really hype it up as, like, a place that you should go for, like, skiing and stuff. It's that town by the Three Sisters. Lake Louise? No. uh, Give me a second. I'm just literally looking at Google Maps right now. Canmore. Because I've talked to people who specifically plan to go out to Canmore all the time. And they're like, yeah, the skiing's great out there. And, like, I've been there a few different times. And, like, unless you were somebody who's, like, riding your bicycle through the mountains, there's not really a whole lot of things to do there. 
See, I like Canmore because it's a nice drive from, like, where I live. We live, you know, kind of nearby in Calgary. So, like, me and my partner do end up in Canmore quite a bit because I feel like it's a nice getaway to the mountains from the city. But... For sure. Yeah. If I was, like, internationally traveling, I probably wouldn't go to Canmore necessarily. But I feel like it's a fun place to go... For like the day oh yeah as a local for a day trip yeah i think that's fine and it's definitely not going to be as busy as bam for anything but no the reason i changed my answer is because i was remembering a conversation that i had with my cousins from australia and their like big thing that they were so excited to see was canmore and then whistler so whistler was more for like i one of those cousins is really big into skiing um, but then they also wanted to see Canmore, and I was like, well, what's in Canmore? And they're like, oh, you know, it's like, and I was like, I cannot fathom t- taking a trip from all of Australia <laughs> and flying <laughs> to Canada <laughs> to take a trip out to Canmore for for your vacation. I don't know why you would do that. A very odd choice, for sure. I agree, and I thought so. So I was remembering that, and I was like, I... At least go so. to Radium. They've got the hot springs. Thank you. I suggested hot springs and everybody thought I was a lunatic because they were coming in the summer, right? And I was like, mm. you can still go to the hot springs in the summer. Maybe you don't want to like get in them, but you can still go. I feel like in the evening, the hot springs would hit. Oh, absolutely. Especially with like a little bit of champagne. Maybe not during a heat wave, but like... Any other time. Any other time. <laughs> Would be <laughs> phenomenal. Um, exactly. All right, let's spin for our last question. Okay, what is your all-time favorite sushi roll that you've ever had? This is in- including places that maybe you've like stopped at randomly while on vacation, and they had like a special roll, and you and then you just think about it all the time, or even a classic favorite where like you just can't go out to- for sushi without picking that role because it's just it's 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 classy and it's timeless i don't know if i have a role but like okay so to preface i am a vegetarian except for sushi like that's the (laughs) only thing (laughs) i'm obsessed with sushi you know it's just it is what it is you can judge me that's fine but vegetarian except for sushi well i mean according to your parents fish isn't a meat so you're still a vegetarian (laughs) um anyways i don't know if i have a specific role but there's this one restaurant in calgary that does spicy salmon sashimi and they put this like special sauce on it and like dice up the the salmon sashimi in it and it's so effing good i swear to god i swear to god i'm just i am obsessed really good that sounds really awesome See, for me, I remember, so, uh, for any new listeners, if we even have those, um, (laughs) 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 anyways, um, I have a history working with the military and it was through most of my adolescent years. So I did a lot of traveling with them and I spent one summer staying at a military base in Vernon, BC. And, uh, for... For being in this program, they would often take us to, like, community events for BC. Like, not just in Vernon, but, like, if, say, like, there was a really big event happening somewhere else, they would try to get us to go there as, like, a representation type thing. And, Mm -hmm. um, 
I remember we were going to something called a military tattoo, which is a, which if I'm remembering correctly, is like a display of different like skills that the military acquires, like outside of obvious things like shooting. Um, like there were, there was like a pipe band and like Highland dancers and like other random things. Right. Um, so we went and really close to that place, they had a little, like a sushi shack almost where it was like, not fast food, but like, not like a full restaurant, but it was really close. And so like people were like, oh yeah, like you can go afterwards and grab a snack. Most people wanted to go to McDonald's. I saw this sushi shack and I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. This seems like a good idea. And I got something called the Ogopogo roll. And I've honestly thought about it constantly. Every time I've eaten sushi ever since then. Because they had, it was like a special, like, um, wasabi honey sauce. But it was like a little bit spicy. On top of this roll with avocado. And it had, uh, smoked eel in it. And like a couple other things. And it was so so good jetty (laughs) so good i know you're not about the eel life um but like for me in that moment i was like i could eat 10 of these and i've tried searching (laughs) up that place ever since then can't find it anywhere i don't i don't even remember the name of it oh no well we'll have to go back to Kelowna, and we'll we'll go on a hunt for it right just uh, the the great trek across provinces looking for a mysterious sushi roll. <laughs> exactly. The best road trip of all time. Of course. Um, but yeah, that concludes my round of questions. So, do you know what today's story is about? A mythological creature who goes on a road trip for sushi and... That's about it. <laughs> Funny enough, no. Ha <laughs> 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 uh, I'll read you out the description and then you can tell me what you think, okay? Okay, sounds good. So, in Canadian folklore, the Ogopogo is a... <laughs> <laughs> is a lake monster said to inhabit Okanagan Lake in British Columbia, Canada. Some scholars have charted the entity's development from First Nations folklore and widespread water monster folklore motifs. The Ogopogo now plays a role in commercial symbolism and media representation for the region. Cute. I love that for us. Right? It's so funny. You were so close in your questions and I was like, she's gonna guess. (laughs) In my head, I was like, it's probably the Ogopogo, but I was like, maybe that's too obvious. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a tricky, tricky person. Um, but yeah, my story's not super, super long. Uh, just because with the Ogopogo, it is technically a cryptid. So like like I was saying about the Mothman earlier, uh, the, the story is unofficial at best. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. We've been literally talking about nothing for 45 minutes. So I'm sure everyone is tired by now. <laughs> I can imagine. So I will just get into it. Um, Sorry, guys. (laughs) We're chatty today, apparently. Well, I know. We've only been sick for, like, eight weeks. (laughs) I just... uh, I I had a thought and then I lost it. This is a big deal for me. I miss talking to people. Anyway, I'm I'm moving on. Into my story. So, 
Is it possible that a large undiscovered species could exist in the Okanagan Lake? The legend of the Ogopogo goes back to long before European settlers arrived in the Okanagan Valley. Sightings were reported by early settlers in the mid to late 1800s. The first reported encounter was in 1855 when a Métis settler named John McDougall was crossing the lake with his horses tied behind his canoe, as he has done several times before. Uh, the horses were pulled under the water and he had to cut the ropes to stop the canoe from sinking. The first reported sighting of the Ogopogo by a European settler was in 1872 when Susan Allison was certain that she saw a dinosaur in the lake, which is something that I would say. What did you <laughs> yeah, say? Yeah, there was a fucking dinosaur in the lake, guys. I, I swear. You see them waters? Freaking dinosaur. <laughs> Massive. I know I just finished uh, a tour of seven wine wineries in the area. Yeah. But uh, there's but a fucking dinosaur. I'm 100% certain on what I saw in there. Yes, it is a dinosaur. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so in indigenous culture, um, since the... So there's going to be some words coming up that are written in the dialect for the First Nations group from uh, the Lake Okanagan area. Uh, just in the, for the sake of being respectful, I'm not going to try and pronounce them. Mostly because I genuinely don't understand how these letters go together, and I would just fuck up the pronunciation anyways. I did look it up, but it's one of those situations where certain words and their pronunciations are not in the traditional English sense. Uh, So I'm just not going to do that today. Um, Fair. Fair. Yeah. So in indigenous culture, the word for the Ogopogo is... But uh, I cannot pronounce this. So, uh, which is the language of the Silks slash Okanagan people, and it is believed to be a spirit which takes on the form of an aquatic serpent, while in Western culture, it is thought to be a large fish such as a sturgeon, a supposedly extinct species such as a pleosaur or an underwater current that makes an unusual wave pattern on the surface. So, the story of the sacred creature of the lake goes back at least a few centuries, and possibly even thousands of years. To the Silks slash Okanagan people who called it the uh, which means spirit of the lake, they feared and respected it, although they did not consider it to be malevolent. They would make offerings to it when they crossed the lake near Rattlesnake Island, where it was said to live in a subterranean cave at Squally Point. The creature was depicted in petroglyphs and other forms of art as an aquatic serpent and was said to feed on kokanee salmon. Although is a spirit, it also takes on a physical form. In comparison, for rattlesnake is X, which means spirit of the land. These secret creatures serve as reminders to take care of the water, the land, and the environment. So, there could be sturgeon in Okanagan Lake. However, there have uh, never been... So, here's the thing. I am doing this in verbatim of, like, the article written by, uh, his name is Justin D. Merchant, because he's he's from uh, the Okanagan Lake area, but I will just say as an update because I looked into it. So what the sentence is, is there could be sturgeon in Okanagan Lake, however, there have never been any official reports or eyewitness accounts that have not been verified. That has since then changed. Um, in Lake Okanagan, there have actually been some sturgeon that have been fished up, um, in the last, like, few years, I think, for sure. And while it is not common, 
the ones that they have pulled up are very, very large. And they're also very reclusive because they usually stay on the bottom of the lake. Right. So that is an update. Um, also, for people who don't know, Lake Okanagan is a deep fucking lake. Oh, yeah. Like, like if some if you lose your photo of that lake, it's gone forever, my friend. It ain't coming back. It's the sixth deepest lake in British Columbia and the 15th deepest in Canada overall. It's 232 meters deep. Really fucking deep. Uh, white sturgeon are indigenous to other BC lakes and rivers, including the Columbia River, which connects to the Okanagan Lake system via the Okanagan River. However, dams were built by the 1920s and have since then blocked access to the lake from the rivers and also blocked access to spawning habitat for any sturgeon that may exist in the lake. Any sturgeon alive in the lake today would have been living there for over 100 years. They are long-living fish and can grow up to 6 meters in length, that also has changed. Um, they have found some sturgeon bigger than six meters. Wow. Which is That's pretty crazy. big. Um, That's they a big are fish. bottom feeder. These are big fish. Um, they are bottom feeders and rarely come up to the surface, like I was saying earlier. So Okanagan Lake is a large lake with a length of 135 kilometers and depths up to 232 meters. So there's that one for you, too. Yes. A deep falcon lake. Very falcon deep. So, furthermore, there are sub there are subterranean caves that may connect the lake to other lakes in the valley, and Ogopogo have been observed in some of these other lakes as well. Ogopogo sightings are often described as remember as resembling a log floating in the water, and this certainly matches the description of a sturgeon as well. However, Ogopogo is often said to be much larger than any known sturgeon and sturgeon are not known for tipping over canoes or pulling horses under the water so there's a bridge over i think it's like a section of the river that connects to the lake to lake okanagan yeah it connects uh Kelowna to west Kelowna. yep so when that bridge was under construction in the mid-1950s divers who helped build it told stories of large aquatic animals that they weren't able to identify swimming very close by it frightened a lot of people into quitting while other people would discount it as nothing more than a large lingcod or the like aforementioned lake sturgeon um the latter theory was more comfortable to live with as for the people who were building the bridge and the divers still had a job to do and so that's a quote from a lady who uh i believe when I looked her up, she had a family member who worked on the bridge. But when she made this quote, it was in 2001, and her name is Arlene Gall. So, uh, many species, which were once thought to be extinct, have been discovered still alive. And more fossils and new species are discovered, the longer their known geological age, age ranges become. So, uh, just as a side note, another one of these examples is, uh, for a really long time, there was a fish called a coelocanth which you might remember from Animal Crossing. So mm -hmm. those ones were actually considered to be an extinct species of like prehistoric fish, but they actually are still around today. Um, I believe it was an, an, a fisherman in Spain uh, pulled one up and got its uh, status changed from extinct to uh, nearly extinct because they're not common, but they are still around today. Interesting. That's spooky. Isn't fucking it? dinosaur fish are swimming around in swimming Lake Okanagan. <laughs> yeah, the dinosaur fish are swimming in our waters in Lake <laughs> Okanagan. Very funny. But yeah, but that would be an example of another extinct fish. Um, or quote unquote extinct. 
So when they thought it went extinct, though, with all the fossils that they found of it, was in the Cretaceous period. And, well, it wasn't in Spain. I'm spreading misinformation. Uh, one was found in the Indian Ocean in 1938. Ah. Uh, Emily is just false news. I'm full of baloney, guys. You heard it here first. So, uh, ancient accounts of dragons, as another example, go back to early civilizations and may be describing last living dinosaurs. For example, Leviathan and Behemoth were described in detail in ancient Hebrew texts, along with several other known animal species. The Leviathan is an aquatic carnivorous dragon which fits the description of a mosasaur, while Behemoth is a herbivorous dragon which, is, which resembles a sauropod. And it has been suggested that the Ogopogo could be a living dinosaur such as a pleosaur or a prehistoric whale such as a Basilosaurus. Although these species would need to come up to the surface for air, they gave birth to live young and would not need to nest on land. So perhaps in ancient times, and possibly even in modern times, a dragon was observed in the Okanagan Lake. So, just to kind of like, go back quickly, because we have found, for example, the Coelacanth, which was considered a prehistoric extinct fish, um, since then, uh, there's been theories that especially in the ocean and especially in deep bodies of water where there's interconnecting channels that these quote-unquote extinct prehistoric animals might not actually just have reduced numbers and have changed their living situations or like uh yeah i guess that would be the best way to say it does that kind of make sense yeah so they've kind of evolved to just be in the water instead of needing to come onto land Exactly, yeah. And then um, there was a reference to some stories in the Bible's example and like a couple other places because uh, throughout history, um, especially with like specific types of dragons that are like recorded in like certain myths and stuff, a lot of the times they resemble uh, bones of dinosaurs that are found. So the other theory is that dinosaurs might not all have gone extinct at the time that we think, more likely have just evolved to some degree. And with greatly reduced numbers. That would make sense. Right? So, I always thought it was a cool idea. Um, moving <laughs> on. So, there is no doubt that a strange disturbance has often been observed and photographed on the surface of Okanagan Lake. It appears when the lake is otherwise calm and there are no boats on the water. Anyone who's seen this phenomenon knows that this is no ordinary wave. Exactly what causes this disturbance is a matter of debate. It may be the result of underwater currents, rising gases, seasonal overturn, and changing temperatures in the lake. Most of the time when people think they see the Ogopogo, they are most likely seeing nothing more than rogue waves. Other sightings can be explained as river otters, beavers, schools of fish, objects floating in the water, hoaxes, or one too many drinks at one of the local wineries. Heyo! Um, how- <laughs> That's what I said earlier. I'm a fucking genius. Right. So, however, not all sightings can be easily explained, and there are several cases where large groups of people all claim to see the same thing. So, in 1968, the first film, uh, known as the Folden film, was taken of a large object surfacing in Okanagan Lake, which appeared to be over 20 meters long. Scientific analysis of the footage confirmed that that there indeed was an object that had surfaced in the lake, but the size could not be determined. Several pictures and videos have been taken in the decades since, however, nothing has been conclusive. More recently, a video in 2019, um, or in 2019, a video was featured in Global Okanagan News of large waves moving quickly 
over a calm surface on the Skaha Lake, which is directly connected to the Okanagan Lake via the Penticton Channel. So there have also been some interesting sonar images that have been taken in the Okanagan Lake, including one of a 12-meter long object that was detected during a Japanese expedition in the year 2000. In the late 1800s, a vertebrae vertebrae bone was found in the Okanagan Lake, which was thought at the time to be from a whale. It went missing from the museum, and it was never determined what species it was from or how it got into the lake, though. (gasps) Dun-dun-dun. Right? And so, whether the Ogopogo is an actual animal or not, in 1989 it was listed under the BC Wildlife Act, making it illegal to hunt or disturb the species, which... Good on them. The government's like, we don't know, but we're just gonna put this here just in case. Which, like, I kind of love that, though. There's not a lot of things the government does that I'm a fan of these days. Uh, But this is one of those things where I I like that they looked at it and they were like, you know, we can neither confirm or deny its existence. However, (laughs) you may not hunt it. It's off the table. He's a national treasure. Leave him alone. Basically, and I and I can appreciate that. Yeah. We love our pogo. Our ogo pogo. Um He keeps life interesting. Just just let him be. He's pretty nice. He keeps people he's a little trickster, I will say that, but we, we love him for what he is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh there are multiple things people have seen in the lake which they could be, that which they believe to be the ogopogo, and there are various ideas about what kind of animal it could be. There is evidence to suggest that a cryptid species could be looming under the water. It is possible that the Aogopogo, I can only say that word 800 times, um, could be an aquatic serpent, a giant sturgeon, or a prehistoric species which lived modern times, kind of like what we talked about. Um, But whatever species it may be, it is severely endangered and it is important to be respectful of the creature and its habitat. The old days of blurry, low-quality pictures and videos are over, and we've entered into a new era of Ogopogo research. If you live in the Okanagan or plan on visiting, make sure to keep your cameras ready, your eyes peeled, and your minds open. Because you might just see the Ogopogo. And uh, the author of the article I found was Justin Demerchant, and he's from the area. So that's kind of why I just went with that, because it's kind of nice to have a quote from somebody who has grown up with the myth and probably knows a little bit more about its regional history than I do. Um, but that is the story of the Ogopogo. Well, that was fun. Right? See, I knew a little bit about it before, like, like, researching more on this topic. But I did find a couple of interesting side details. So, one of the theories on why even though technology is so advanced now and we still don't have pictures or videos of it, is um, because it's so much busier around the lake now than it used to be. Um, people think that just, like, surface vibrations and noise probably drives them lower mm-hmm. than what they probably used to live at, which, I mean, makes sense to me. Um, and then there was another thing, too. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. Um, and the most commonly believed fact about the Ogopogo is um, most people in the Okanagan Lake area believe it's there. Um but the thought is that with being at the bottom and having so many interconnecting bodies of water, they think that it most likely just travels using underwater tra- channels all the time. So it might not even actually be in Okanagan Lake all the time. 
I feel like that would make sense. I feel like there's probably a bunch of underwater caves and stuff that we don't necessarily know about because the lake is so deep that, you know, yeah. whatever well, and... species are down there probably do move around quite a bit between the different spots. Oh, yeah. And, like, as far as, like, image testing and sonar and diving and, like, other obvious things that people would think about where they're, like, send in the divers. We gotta check the area. Um, because I believe there's a First Nation reserve that owns also a pretty big part of the land in the area. Um, and they actually have made, it's like a protections act thing where, um, there are parts of the lake that you actually can't go, uh, without a permit, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. I mean, that makes sense. Their land, they can... They make the rules. Them's the rules. Them's is the rules. Yep. And that's it. Uh, and do you have anything to add since you were, you lived in uh, Kamloops for a while there about any inner knowledge you might have about the Ogopogo that I didn't mention? Not really. I mean, I've, I've heard about the Ogopogo my entire life because I feel like my family used to like, go to Kelowna pretty often. So I've definitely got uh, some cringy, cringy pictures of like eight-year-old Jen just going given the old peace sign right in front of the Ogopogo statue. But uh, other than that, nothing really, <laughs> nothing too interesting to add. That checks out. I think I also have a similarly uh, cringy picture of me as like a 13 year old in front of the same Ogopogo statue. So yeah, yeah, I probably was also throwing up a peace sign. Yeah, you know, maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll dig those out of the archives and throw them up on Instagram for you guys. Oh, I thought you were going to say throw them in the fire, and I'm like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> they must burn, burn the evidence. Never to be seen. <laughs> you will never know. Um, yeah, I, I think that was basically it. Like I said, there was just a couple side details, but all in all, that's basically it. So if you are uh, vacationing anywhere in Canada, that's a cool area to check out. The drive's really nice. And tasty sushi. Yum, yum. Delicious wine. Yum, yum. Yum, yum. <laughs> Trip for Emily and Jen. Yum, <laughs> yum. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's our haven. I, I could be convinced. I could be I'm tempted. Very tempted. As I'm looking at my work calendar and being like, because I missed three months of work due to being ill, can I afford to take time off to go <laughs> eat sushi and drink wine with the Ogopogo? Yes, there's always there's always time for that always time um but yeah so with that brings us to the end of our episode if you liked listening to us today uh you can check us out on our website which is www.wheelofcrime.com uh otherwise we have a patreon as well if you would like to donate to the show which is at wheel of crime uh we have an email so if you would like to email us and uh, give us hot tips on how to uh change your luck because I would really appreciate that. Uh, that's wheelofcrime at gmail.com. Um, then we have our social media, which is at Wheel of Crime on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And lastly, if you think we are friggin' awesome, uh, you can leave us a review on wherever you listen to our podcast because that would be greatly appreciated. It helps us with like uh, trending on other people's pages who probably don't know who we are. And uh, I like to think we're pretty cool. Um, and uh, besides that, I think that's everything. Well, that's it. That's all. We will see you next week for another new episode. Okay, bye.
Bye.